Yo, I'm coming from that 3-6, so that's why I got them brains spinning. Ain't nobody using blinkers, we ain't good at lane switching. Better get a plane ticket, I ain't flying all you chickens though. Always shoot my shot, better swishing off the pick and roll. Dishing off the give and go, all my squad is driven so you can catch us on the road. Rip City, are you listening? I'm Christian Gamalian, I'm talking with co-host Austin Caphammer, and this is the Peeps and Plaid podcast. Since our last episode, the Blazers went on a road trip. It was a quick trip. All four games on their road trip are complete. They finished 3-1 and one with wins over the Kings, Mavericks, and Thunder, and a loss on the second game of a back-to-back against the Spurs. Stop it, Austin. <laughs> Zach Collins went down with a dislocated shoulder and the, uh, in the second game against the Mavs, and he sat out the final two games. Anthony Tolliver got the starts in those two. And uh, adding to the loss at the start of the season against the Denver Nuggets, the Blazers are now sitting at 3-2. and two. So let's cover the good, the bad, and the ugly. Austin, what are your thoughts initially on this road trip? Initially, hmm, I would say they are hopeful. I would say that um, I, I like what I've seen for the most part, given the turnover in our roster. Um, there's definitely some things, some loose ends we need to tie up, but for the most part, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty hopeful. How about yourself? When I look at it, I look at three and one, and I love that. Three and one with your starting power forward going down halfway through, I love that even more. But when I look at a lot of the games, there's a lot of things where I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. But then also through the lens of me a week or two ago saying the Blazers are going to have some growing pains. It's a new season with six or seven new players. Um, three out of Three out of five starters from the playoffs last season are gone. There's going to be some growing pains, so... With that, 3-1 and one on a road trip looks great. Um, tonight I saw uh, against the Thunder, it was, you know, you, you would hope to beat the Thunder a little better than they did. It was pretty close. It was uh, pretty back and forth. But uh, I like to see that their three-point shooting was up, percentage-wise for one, but mm-hmm. also in numbers. Um, there had been a lot of talk on, you know, Rip City Radio about just strictly having more three-pointers. Whether or not you're making them, it a lot of the teams the Blazers have been playing against, they've struggled in a lot of areas, but they've still continued to shoot a lot of three-pointers. And even if they're not going in, they're still keeping them in contention in that game. So I like to see that they shot more three-pointers, and I really like to see that they made a lot more. So that that was encouraging for me. I have been pretty impressed with the way Tolliver and Scal have played. Mm-hmm. I A few days ago, before Tolliver got the start... Um, there was talk of like, oh, I don't want to see Tolliver start. And for me, I personally was not the biggest fan of the Tolliver signing. I like that the Blazers were getting a shooter so that Dame has more options, that he's not just getting eaten up in the playoffs and doesn't have anyone to pass to. But I wasn't the biggest fan of it, uh, personally, just because I haven't really watched much of Anthony Tolliver. And the way he started the season was pretty terrible. He was like 0 for 4 in all that he played, and he, he was like minus on his plus minus every game. It's like, okay, what has he done? And I was like, me personally, I don't want him to start. But as a Blazers fan, I kind of wanted him to start because for one, he's a veteran, so he has experience. Terry Stotts after the game said that he knows that he's defended LaMarcus Aldridge well, which I didn't know. So that was pretty encouraging to hear. But to me, I'm like, if you're going to sign players in free agency, you can't just bench them immediately when they don't start making shots, when they miss four shots. Like, you can't get in rhythm if you miss one shot a game and get taken out of the game. Like, that makes no sense. So 
it just on the whole, if you're going to be signing guys in free agency, no matter who they are, you want to kind of hold up your end of the of the deal too. Um, they're not going to, if they don't have an opportunity, they're just going to leave and have a sour taste in their mouth from their time yeah. in Portland. Yeah. So, um, you know, that, I think that's, that, I like think that's a, probably why a lot of players don't have that sour taste in their mouth when they leave Portland. And I think that's that's, poor, that's a pretty decent portion of why a lot of players leave Portland and say, hey, that was actually one of the better franchises or cultures that I played with. Mm-hmm. Um, the only the only quick thing that I want to add to your point is that uh, in, in watching some of the recaps and the highlights, because I had a little bit of a late day at my day job, uh, I noticed that Tolliver and Mr. Bazemore had a pair each from behind the arc in the meat of the game. And when I say mm-hmm. the meat of the game, I mean the second and like the third quarter, I believe. Um, they both had a pair. And that might not seem like much, but like we had discussed in our first uh, regular season episode of this year, um, there was a, a trio between Hazonia. Notice I said Hazonia, not Herzonia. Um, <laughs> Tolliver and Bayes. Uh, who you know? I think they, I think they had a goose egg, or maybe like had like one for eleven or something in, in per yep. our recent conversation. So when you're those guys having four three point shots between just two of them, that's big. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah, yeah and, and Tolliver he had two. Um, he had a back to back three pointers in this game in the second quarter. I think it was, and it was they they both look great it was impressive and, and it was really cool to see that they had that option there was one where Tolliver had the ball he passed in and got it passed back and he shot it and made it so um yeah it's, it's just cool to see especially with the big man issues they've been having with obviously Nurk is out Pau Gasol's been out to start the season uh Zach Collins has been out the last two games and we'll talk about Zach Collins injury a little more in just a minute um and then Hassan Whiteside hype Hyper extended his knee, according to Whiteside, at least. Um, I, I didn't see an official source on that, but um, he <laughs> that, hyper extended his knee. That's where we got that from. The... He did he tweet that? No, no. Uh, like Casey Holdall was saying, Whiteside said that he was a little sore after hyper extending it and all that. So from mm. what I could find, I didn't see any like legit confirmation. Because mm. uh, to me, when I hear hyper extended, I'm like, oh shoot, there's like there's definitely structural damage if there's a hyper extension. Um, maybe maybe not necessarily with like dislocation with Zach's shoulder, or, um, you know Patrick Mahomes knee dislocation kneecap, uh, mm-hmm. but hyperextension. I'm like, oh shoot, that's not good. Uh, but it's I mean he he played 12 minutes in the second half. He played great. Um, so I, you know, considering that I'm very thankful for how well Tolliver and Scal are playing. Uh, that's another guy where you know Scal. Compared to Biggie, you know, uh, Swanigan last year, he wasn't really getting any opportunities. Scal didn't get, like, any opportunities last year until the last game of the season, and he played amazing. Uh, and this season, he's gotten opportunities, and it and it's in Stott's system just showing him if you put in the work and if you're willing to play hard, um, if the opportunity presents itself like it is right now with the big men going down, he's going to get a chance to shine. And he had, yeah. I think, plus-minus of 14 tonight, which is just awesome. Um and uh, plus minus a 13. So, yeah, as far as the big men, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about it considering the situation, um, considering it's not very deep right now. Uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on... I think, I think that the big moral of the story from uh, your opinion there is that you can't necessarily afford to be an unskilled player at any position in Terry Stott's system. Um, you... It, and, and, and it, it really just kind of hit me 
uh, listening to you discuss that because Biggie Swanigan is was last year. You know, I, I, I couldn't tell you where he is right now. Is he in the, is he in the G League? He's in the Kings. Oh, oh that's I mean, right. He's, he's probably in the G League, but yeah, he's still yeah, with the he, Kings. That's where he's traded to. That's right. So and 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 you know uh, you know big ups to him and wish the best for him. But if you look at every person on the Trailblazers roster right now. Um, if you look at the, the the gentlemen that are playing versus the ones that aren't, it's entirely based on who's a better skilled player, um, who's got the shot, who's got the drop step, who you know who who is really able to finesse within their offensive game. Um, it's it's you have to be a really transcendent player to not fit the bill in Terry Sott's offense as a skilled player to still see court time, and it really took a seven footer. Um, that is averaging, uh, at least the last time I checked, almost 15 rebounds a game. That was in the first two or three games. But who am I speaking about? Hassan Whiteside. To really be that guy and really still see court time. Um, otherwise, you have to be a skilled player, whether you're a passer, shooting, whatever. Um, because it's, it's a very dynamic offense. And... Um, I know there's probably a couple people out there who are uh, not a big fan of the the stance that I've taken individually uh, with Mr. Terry Stott's offense here as of late, uh, along with Mr. Torrey Jones. But um, part of that trade-off with having a, a coach who is giving so much power to the players and so much leniency with a play-by-play offense is you have to be able to be dynamic and you have to be able to call the audible, so to speak, and be that player who can make something happen. And it really doesn't matter if you're a center. Uh, it really doesn't matter if you want to label yourself a traditional center. Uh, if you can't make it happen in one way or another, it's going to be pretty difficult to see the floor in Terry Stott's offense. Yeah. So we are talking about big men. Zach Collins had a shoulder dislocation. Um, I'm a little concerned, personally. Uh, the situation currently, as far as I know, is Zach Collins was evaluated on the road trip, and before they said anything, they just said, he's going to miss the next two games, and we're going to reevaluate him in Portland. Hopefully, that's just like just to be cautious. That's like, hey, we want to make sure he's good with our doctors. Hopefully, that's all it means. In my head, spinning, it's Zach Collins could miss a lot of time, and we want to see if hopefully we get a different word from our doctors who we trust more. Uh, f- for whatever reason, I'm, I'm just really concerned that he might miss a lot of time with this. Um, and if that's the case, that kind of puts more pressure on a potential... Um, trade for a power forward like we've been talking about Kevin Love um, Blake Griffin something like that but obviously I like how Tolliver and Scal have been playing Whiteside's been playing great um, so it's it's awesome that the Blazers have that depth even though they're having to scrape from it right now but another thing that happened around the NBA Steph Curry broke his hand yeah. I don't know how I don't know how long he's going to be out but the Golden State Warriors haven't looked very good Steph Curry just broke his hand. Is Draymond Green available, and do we want him? No. What do you think? You don't no. want him? No. No, absolutely no. not. Um, he, he would have to come at a pretty cheap price. Um, I think I think I was listening or watching the jump the other day, and uh, somebody had referenced him as being uh, six foot six, or uh, obviously, I, I'm He's aware six of this. Five. Is he 6'5"? Garden yeah. centers. Yep. No, don't want him. Don't want him. Um, yeah. 
I, I like I said, I mean, do we want him? Okay, I should I should backtrack a little bit. Do we want him? Yeah, a little bit. Do we want him for what <laughs> is the proposed trade that we've been seeing in all these hypotheticals? No, not at all. If you're saying that we have to get rid of Zach Collins uh, and maybe a draft pick or two for for him, yeah, I don't know about that. Um, that being said, the Warriors actually have a lot of uh, pieces. Um, I know they have Willie Cauley Stein. Um, I, I want to say they still have Kavon Looney uh, potentially. Um, they do. Maybe. Kavon okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, we're kind of lacking in the front court. I mean, if if we get rid of, I I don't know. It start it gets it gets real hazy once you start getting down the hypothetical route with some of these trades. And I and I really do like what um, our recent guest team mom had noted that you know these are real guys. They have families. They move their kids. Some in some cases to a place. It's pretty tough to discuss it in a light of getting rid of some of these guys. Um, but in terms of acquiring, I I don't I just don't know how I feel about uh, Mr. Green coming to coming to Portland. Um, it's it would it, it's it's very contingent upon what we would have to give up. And I think it's I think it's rather soon. If there's one thing that I would like to submit, it would be that we cannot get rid of Anthony Simons. Um, hmm. If there's if there's one main point I've gathered in the context of that trade discussion, it would be that Anthony Simons is 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 just too valuable. And I understand yeah. it's it's a little bit subjective, um, but what I've seen in my recent mm, four or five games with him is I've seen flashes, and yeah. that's that's such a uh, <laughs> substanceless opinion, but. I've seen. I mean, I've seen it off the window. I've seen it off the window against two people. I've seen the step back three. I've seen the elbow pull up. I've seen things that five to seven year veteran guards don't make happen in their game. Yeah. Um. And and I'm and I'm starting to see the merit behind Mr. Olshay's statement that he is the most naturally gifted player that he's drafted. Mm-hmm. Um. So. As somebody who's dislocated their shoulder and separated their shoulder two to three times, I can tell you that it's probably crap if you expect uh, Zach Collins to come back within two games. Um, you're buying the PR sentiment at that point, and that's just not true. He's He, mm. he will not be back after the next two games. If he is, um, I hate to say it, and, I, and I, I really do wish the best for him, but it will be re-injured within the next two weeks following that. Um, mm. when, when you stretch a ligament like that especially over your head as somebody who's already a seven footer and is experiencing um abnormal uh anatomy um conditions as a seven footer reaching up and having other seven footers ripping down from behind you with a with a separated shoulder you're just asking for a completely dislocated shoulder um Mm. so i i wish the best for zach and i want him to take his time but um he's a third year player um, we have a lot of guys that are uh, waiting or awaiting that, I don't want to say the all-star break, but the midway point. So, you know, float the 500. Keep mm-hmm. da- Pray that Damian Lillard stays healthy. Pray that C.J. McCollum stays healthy. Make the role players develop while you have the luxury of letting them develop in this time. But mm-hmm. um, to, to, to put him back out there before he's ready, you're just asking for it, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Uh, with 
my thoughts on Draymond Green. I, I don't want to get too far into trade talk because we're going to be talking about trade talk hypotheticals the whole season. And uh, <laughs> yep. close to the trade deadline, we'll be focusing on that, I'm sure. So uh, I just want to float out there. Like I'll be thinking about what the value would be for Draymond Green if I really want the Blazers to pursue him and if, if I would prefer him over you know Kevin Love, Blake Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge, Aaron Gordon, Danilo Gallinari. Uh, so I'll be thinking about that um, going forward. But switching gears, uh, I, I heard in an interview uh, with, uh, shoot, I, I can't even think of the Rip City Mornings, uh, Terry Stotts was on with them, and Terry Stotts had mentioned offensive rebounding they asked him about offensive rebounding if that's a point of emphasis at all and terry stotts basically said that he has never emphasized offensive rebounding it's just like if you're there you're there and a lot of the players that he has like ed davis and ennis Cantor. actually he said yusuf nurkic but in my head i was thinking ennis Cantor. he's like these are guys that just get offensive rebounds so how do you feel about that like that a coach doesn't even put an emphasis on offensive rebounds that the emphasis is get back on defense which it's okay to to have a choice of like okay this is what our focus is going to be but that that doesn't even seem to really cross his mind how do you feel about that i feel that if he's delegating that responsibility to olshay as just bringing in people who he knows (laughs) are already going to provide that Uh. talent that's one thing but if if he's just as a coach just pawning off that responsibility that's a that's a completely another thing um and that being said the aforementioned point of Olshay bringing in those players he's done a good job of that um to this point. recently yeah recently um i don't i don't like it I, yeah I, I, I'm, I'm trying to justify it i don't like it i don't like it um and while we're on the topic, I want to see more set plays, and I want to see more uh, will imposed by Terry Stotts as an NBA coach as of late. Uh, I wish I could give you more technical examples of that, mm-hmm. um, but I, I, I'm seeing too much dilly-dally and too much um, – I don't know. I'm, I'm just seeing too much hands-off coaching right now. And, yeah. and, and, and I, I, I promise you to our, our – audience of of 50 a week um i will come to you with more uh concrete points uh regarding that but i think that it is indicative of what uh we've already seen in him saying oh we'll we'll figure out the offensive rebound no offensive rebounds are what you need as a team that is struggling to build chemistry at this point because that's a part of second effort buckets what do you what uh, yeah that's just frustrating christian I know, I know, right? I, <laughs> I'm very glad that we have Hassan Whiteside, maybe the best rebounder in the game. Uh, that makes it easy. Um, makes it easy offensive rebounds. He's he's a putback king. You know that that's what he does. So it's awesome to see him get the rebound and immediately go back up with it. It's a little concerning to me. You know, Terry Stotts is awesome. Uh, I think he's a, one of the top coach of the year candidates. As long as the Blazers play to how I hope they do. Uh, but yeah, there, there's a lot of things like that where it's really easy for me to be here and say, this is what Terry Stott should do. This is what Terry Stott should do. Uh, he's obviously in the ins and outs. He's living his life. Coaching basketball is his job. It's not mm-hmm. his entire life, you know, things like that. But it's like, it's, it can get frustrating as a fan to see 
you know, the Denver Nuggets hit threes and you got to be on them and the Blazers are not on them. And uh, I don't know, just a lot of stuff with like having a big man, unless it's Yusuf Nurkic, having a big man at the top of the key trying to distribute mm-hmm. hasn't been working. Let's stop doing that. And yet he keeps doing it. Uh, yeah. Like like in previous seasons, I've noticed that. And then with this where it's like, okay, like I understand like you have a different emphasis but offensive rebound is rebounding is still something that should be practiced. I don't. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's just something that like the players with their individual trainers. That's something they do. Maybe that's something an assistant coach focuses on. But it's just kind of weird to hear that um, from Terry Stotts. Uh, mm-hmm. But I mean, I still he, I'm still very happy to have him at, as the Portland Trailblazers coach. I think he's been killing it. Um, but yeah, it's just weird to hear. Yeah, and and you know one quick point I want to make is. Uh, as we digress from these uh, trade discussions, is I was a huge Aaron Gordon proponent as the season had commenced, and Aaron Gordon against the Knicks in their most recent game had 15 points. Uh, against the Raptors, he played for 30 minutes. Uh, the game prior had two points. Oh. Um, played uh, in in the game prior to that. I just had the team. I didn't. I don't have it listed, but 30 another 30 minute game with 10 points. And then the game prior to that, 29 minutes with nine points against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Mm. Um, so I, I want to rescind that <laughs> hypothetical. Scratch um, him off the list. Yeah, and I I, 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 um, I know it's just one season. I know it's just five games, but that's not tolerable for the kind of player and the kind of things that have been discussed in the past that we'd be willing to give up for mm-hmm. Aaron Gordon. Um, and uh, so, so that's off the table in my mind at this point mm. um yeah because the other players that we've mentioned in that discussion such as blake griffin uh kevin love um and and some of these other guys that are that are real impact players i don't think that through five four or five games they would um exemplify any of those statistics yeah. um so i guess i guess the discussion at that point starts to get directed towards some other uh young men um but you know the other two things that we wanted that that I wanted to discuss here, aside from the Curry hand situation around the NBA, was uh, Mr. Carl Anthony Towns, Joel Embiid getting in a fight. Um, it's kind of some TMZ news here from us at Peeps and Plaid, and then also Mr. James Harden with almost 60 points. Well, not just that, the Rockets Wizards set the new record for the amount of points in regulation. They combined for 317 points. The game was 159 to 158. James Harden had 59. Uh, Russell Westbrook had a triple-double. So just just a pretty wild night in sports. I mean, we haven't even mentioned the World Series. We're, neither of us are huge baseball fans. I'm a Giants fan, Bay Area, all that. Uh, but the Nationals just beat the Astros in the World Series. And, and there's, you know, a couple teams with a bunch of aces. There's, you know, the Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander, Detroit Tigers, kind of thing i don't know uh there's just a lot of storylines to it and what was crazy is not a single home game was won a seven game series that was won every away team won so the nationals won the first two games in uh nationals won it in houston and it was like oh shoot they're about to sweep or something because they're going back home astros won three straight in washington then they went back to houston and it's like oh shoot all right astros are going to close it out they're back home they lost two. Nationals won it. Isn't that just crazy? That's and unbelievable. The Nationals won that's it almost like after the, uh, losing Bryce Harper. That's that's 
That's crazy, and I have a Steven Strasburg jersey in my closet as we speak that I'm going to be wearing for Halloween tomorrow at my office. There you go. Um, but that's that's just asinine, man. You don't hear about that stuff in the NBA. Um, that kind of that kind of uh, performance, and also that reminds me of the recent. I think it was Tampa Bay Lightning or something like that in the NHL that was yeah. like a, an eighth seed that managed to make it to like either their conference finals or something along those lines in the NHL. If you're an NHL fan, yeah. please enlighten me. But, um, you know, it, it, that's just, that does not happen in the NBA because it's, it's such a smaller roster and it's it one player can take over a game. And if you have one player, that might be all it takes. Um, yeah. Like Giannis Antetokounmpo. And in Milwaukee, like, yeah, <laughs> it's just crazy to me. Um, and then the other quick thing I want to hit on, hit on around the NBA is um, something that I had already retweeted uh, on our on our mutual uh, Twitter account, which was, um, you know, if, if this if these reports about Kyrie Irving being someone who is uh, bipolar or, or struggling with their mental health are true. Um, I think that it's I think that it's pertinent for us to keep in mind that um, there have been several other players that have came to light. Uh, in recent years in that discussion and have kind of had a homecoming. Um, Mm -hmm. So just because Kyrie Irving as an individual has not had the same individual success as said players um, does not mean that uh, they shouldn't receive the same amount of support. So um, yeah, there's my two cents around the league. Hmm. Sure. Yeah. I, you know, (laughs) I'm a, you know, I'm not the most, uh, I'm not good with mental health stuff. I don't understand it. So, you know, that's me. That's um, fair. So, going back to a bit of news from the NBA, Joel Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns had a fight. It was pretty intense. It was pretty cool. Uh, ended with Ben Simmons on top of Carl Anthony Towns in like a chokehold. It was pretty legit. Uh, and both Embiid and Towns were ejected from the game. And many people are speculating that they will both be suspended for at least one game. Uh, Joel Embiid would likely then not be playing in the 76ers-Blazers game this Saturday, which is one of two games that is going to happen in the next week before our next episode. So I will be at that game, and the Blazers are about to wreck because the game last year, Blazers-76ers, Embiid also did not play, and the Blazers absolutely destroyed them. So I am expecting a decisive victory um, I'm expecting Ben Simmons to be a bully on Damian Lillard like he was last year. Um, I was pretty dang mad at Ben Simmons after that game. But coming up, if Joel Embiid isn't playing, the Blazers have no excuse. Um, Whiteside should wreck. I mean, it's it's Al Horford there. He's obviously very good at basketball. He's very good at defense. Um, he's, he's pretty much good at everything. He's just not, you know, the most dominant player. Um... I expect the Blazers to win that game, even with Zach Collins probably not playing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so interesting those matchups though that, that some of these teams are starting to present. Just like LeBron playing a point forward or um, Giannis, you know, kind of bringing the ball up the court. It's like it's like that only if the entire other team, the entire rest of the team's role players were over six foot six. It's like uh, okay, now what kind what kind of challenge does this uh, pose to us when CJ McCollum is six three two? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. 
So, like, what does that matchup look like to you? Who's who's playing on each side of the court, and, and who's guarding who? Well, um, the Philadelphia 76ers are not a very deep team. Um, I'm not sure if they are deeper than last year or not. Let me see. I mean, it would roster. be... So, in, in my mind, it would be Simmons, Richardson, Horford, uh, Harris, and I don't know who is sub for Embiid. Um, yeah, probably um shoot that's the thing uh mike scott i don't know put in horford so, at center. so he would yeah horford at centered uh harris at four scott at three um richardson at two simmons at one but even yeah. then that that presents some physic that some physicality issues for the blazers um and you know i think rodney holds his own i think scal matches up well uh, in the front court with Hassan, but and that's fine. I mean, even if yeah. even if you have some Mitch matches where Ben Simmons easily gets by that first level defense, that's fine as long as you are playing perimeter defense and and when that ball gets dished out, it's not too much of an issue. Um, yeah. But I. I just want to say really quick something that I observed with the with the Spurs game that was driving me crazy was these peop these these players that were not even historically in their career three point or long two shooters being pressed above the three point line. Mm. Um, Demar Derozan uh, it, it was the chief point in this discussion um many of his 17 points in the third quarter albeit impressive and crazy and talented uh i saw rodney hood and a guard or two like pressing him at the three-point line let him mm -hmm. let him shoot it i mean he hasn't he let well, him shoot it. not let, let him don't sag off of him but to press him at the three-point yeah, line i mean I, they, because they were in christian 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 if you can be blown by that's one thing. If you're going to be blown mm -hmm. by, because when you press, you're going to be blown by, um, okay, sag off. If you're the kind yeah. of defender uh, like Kent Bazemore who can play that press defense on ball and then still recover, that's another thing. But mm -hmm. I, I, I watched several times over in that Spurs game, DeMar DeRozan just get past the first line of defense. Yeah. Like, like, like butter. Like butter. And if that's what we're about to allow with Ben Simmons, he's going to go for 20-some-on points. Yeah, I mean, the big thing for me is after the Nuggets game, after the Blazers allowed so many threes, obviously the Spurs and the Nuggets are different teams, but I think the Nuggets you can the Nuggets can rely on the three-point shot more than the Spurs for sure. Uh, but I would much rather see the Blazers make more of an attempt um, at the three-point line than less of an attempt. So if it's not working, it's not working. I Hopefully you have Hassan Whiteside and Zach Collins available to get some blocks um, if they blow past the first defender. But uh, yeah, I mean, that game was really disappointing. The Blazers were up like 19 in the first quarter. It was like 23 to 4 or something like that. And, you know, it was neck and neck toward the end. Dame, at the end, it you know, it was like a lot of Blazers games where Dame was just playing hero ball, which is, you know... It's awesome that we have Damian Lillard on the team, but it'd be nice to have uh, other guys step up, especially when you have CJ and other uh, Rodney Hood, other big big time shooters on the team. Well, but, it's, it's a it's a player by place, player by player basis too, right? Like yeah, Derek White 
um, Patty Mills, uh, Lamarcus Aldridge, um, Brent Forbes, all of those players play up on them, play yeah. up on them. That's that's fine. I get it. But if it's Demar Derozan, which in this case is going to be Ben Simmons this coming Saturday, don't. Well, I'm trying to think of who's gonna guard who on the uh, 76ers game. I, because let's see. I feel like they're just gonna go straight up. They're gonna keep Dame on Ben. They're gonna keep CJ on Josh Richardson. Hood on Harris. Um, just depends on who they put in the starting lineup because it's probably between Mike Scott or Kylo Quinn. Unless they want to go. I mean, I I don't know how good Matisse. Thaibule is, I think he's... He's solid. He's solid for yeah, a rookie, I believe. Or or was he on the Celtics last year? Was he one of the... Is he a sophomore? Is this his sophomore year? Up. Who knows? Shoot, I don't even know. Matisse. And this is this is when What's-His-Face is right about us being background noise while they're doing yeah. the dishes. Facts. <laughs> I don't know. My, my internet doesn't work now. Cool. <laughs> Matisse Thaibule. He is... A rookie from Washington. Yes, from our own state. Awesome. U-dub. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I remember seeing him in the draft now, now that I think about it. it shows you how much I care about college Thigh bowl, but it's okay. Thigh bowl. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so, maybe they'll throw him in the lineup. I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure. But I'm guessing I'm guessing Simmons is going to be guarding Dame like he did last year. Um, and I'm guessing Dame's just going to guard Simmons too and maybe a few times you'll have Rodney switch over I'm sure on the second unit Kent Bazemore will probably be covering Ben Simmons that makes sense to me but we'll see how it goes I mean it, it's gonna be a good game hopefully but with them beat out the Blazers better win this because the 76ers are not deep they were completely horrendous last year in their second unit I think and it's crap. I think it's crap that people think that they're a lock for the Eastern Conference Finals. Not only just the not not just an appearance. That's one thing to state an appearance for them, but to to, to state that they're going to be a Finals contender. Eh, I mean, I guess whatever it's the well, East, but like, dude, it's it, to me, it's the Celtics and and the Bucks and um, I, God, the East is so bad. The East is so bad. Well, the thing is, to me, the the Pacers were in it, but. Victor Oladipo is going to be out for a long time, and now Miles Turner has some sort of injury. Hopefully, not too bad. Um, but I mean, the Bucks are clear cut best team in the East. Um, as long as I mean, they're two and two right now. But the Raptors, the talent, Raptors are better in my mind than than the, than the Sixers. I don't know, man. The Raptors without Kawhi. I mean, they got like depth in the front court, and they have Kyle Lowry. But I've never been a Kyle Lowry fan, and I don't. I don't feel too good about the but rest what of was it. your I mean, what was your chief concern with the Sixers? For the Sixers is depth. Okay, Easily. now now yeah. now let me ask you this. What is the chief issue in most contenders um contention as they go down the stretch in a 82 game season? Injuries? Correct. Yeah. And that's going to be an issue. That's going to be an issue. They're healthy now. Uh, Embiid's out on a suspension. I mean, yeah. But uh, Embiid has a history of, of ailments. Um, they already can't shoot the three ball. Um, they haven't really been there on the biggest stage yet. Um, I'm getting kind of into, into uh, the weeds or a rabbit hole at this point. But, but, but um, yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I mean, to me, they're, they're still easily top three, and I would 
I would pick them for the Eastern Conference Finals. But you're extremely right. Uh, injuries are the main thing. Uh, I mean, you look at the finals last year with Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant with injury issues. Like that's the reason they lost the finals. Like I mean, they're they're you could list off a bunch of reasons, but like that's the reason why because they were head and shoulders above every other team, no matter how well Kawhi's doing. Uh, so it really does come down to injuries, and 76ers are very vulnerable to injuries this season, especially. So. We'll see how it goes. They're they're four and zero to start the season, so Blazers better give them that first loss. We'll see. Uh, is that our next? Is that our next game on the docket? That's the Blazers' next game. So 76ers and then in San Francisco. I was about to say Oakland, San Francisco for the Golden State Warriors without Steph Curry. Oh, man. So two straight games um, without star players. Probably best player on either team. I mean, my, I'll take him. My my my! How the mighty fall shoot blazers better win these next two if if next episode the blazers are not 2-0 and in these last two games we're gonna i mean there's growing pains like i've said but it's kind of unacceptable so, so just just in two. a recap 76ers on saturday warriors mm-hmm. on sunday or monday tuesday tuesday okay they got, yeah, they got a little bit of a a little bit of a breakup here i should be able to be yeah, productive it was these a next quick, couple days quick road trip and considering how quick it was like blazers did great i mean three and two right now after a quick road trip and after the sucky first game against the nuggets um i'm feeling good i mean blazers yeah next one after that will be against the clippers like you can you can lose that game that's okay but you win these next two okay <laughs> but 76ers it's gonna be 70s night i'm gonna be at the game i'm stoked i need to like find some way to dress like i'm in the 70s i don't know what What you doing what you doing for halloween man you doing anything special for halloween oh nothing special so uh taking care of my dog because my dog is old and um man i'll be hanging out with him but i invited people over i was like hey like if you want to come over you can come over because take care of my dog i need to take care of my dog and give kids candy so I'll be at my house, and you're welcome to join. Um, so, yeah, we'll see if anyone shows up. I have board games and movies and things, so, you know, that's fun. Good stuff. Good stuff. What about you? Oh, just uh, just, just the Strasburg jersey for the uh, company shindig tomorrow, and then coming home and, and chillax. And I live in a town with the largest public university in the world with 60,000 students and a, a couple square miles. Mm. So um, there's really not too much trick-or-treating going on here. Yeah. So a little more yeah. Uh, Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's about it. I'm actually going to just be taking it easy. And uh, yeah, that's about it, man. So Shout out, shout out our audience, and uh, hope you all enjoy your Halloween. Um, I think that's all Christian and I have for you this evening. Um, shout out Ziggy Zay, as always, for the intro, and Mashoni for the outro. Uh, find each of those gentlemen in our recently tagged post here uh, and or our descriptions in any of our recent and or more than likely current descriptions. Um, locate us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, any of that jazz, and Rip City, are you listening? Yeah.